Good morning and welcome to Business by Logan podcast, a podcast of practical business wisdom from the business coalface of the dedicated or accidental entrepreneur. This is a joint initiative of the Logan Chamber of Commerce and Stokes Moore Lawyers, sharing the stories of business owners busting business challenges and conquering the world from Queensland's most dynamic and diverse city. An award-winning coffee shop and roastery behind a St Vincent's, Extraction Artisan Coffee is a unique coffee place in Logan, Queensland, founded and operated by a former metal worker, Alex Milosevic, and his partner, Heather Scott. The winner of numerous Innovation Design Awards in its three years in business, as well as National Coffee Awards including seven Golden Bean Awards in 2018, Alex and his partner Heather are setting a standard and creating an experience for their loyal following. While Alex and I get lost rhapsodising about our fair city of Logan in the middle, there is just oodles of practical business wisdom in our show today. Hey, welcome to the Business by Logan podcast. I'm sitting here with Alex Milosevic. Hello. Owner and proprietor of Extraction Artisan Coffee and Roastery. Now, Alex, uh, tell me a little bit about your business. Um, we opened our doors nearly three years ago, um, and we're still here and doing going very well, thank you very much, but it was a very interesting transition. After nearly 30 years of working in the steel industry, um, I decided to get out of that and at the end of 2011, um, went and worked in a friend's business and learned how to raise coffee for two and a half years. Figured out I was working way harder in his business than I ever did in mine. Um, decided to take a break for a while and then we started working towards developing extraction and it was a long arduous process as you well know James because mm. you were there actually from the start with us which was great. I can remember when we first sat down and you said to me look this is what we're planning on doing and we're going to wholesale coffee and we're going to be a specialist roastery and cafe and we're going to convert an industrial-esque building I thought, wow, this is not something which is, you know, in the particular area that, that you've set it up, something that's been done before. Well, not for the faint-hearted, James. If I'd known the obstacles that we'd have to go through to get here, mm. I may not have done it, but, you know, blind faith is a great thing. Now, let's, let's not mince words. You've set up shop, set up shop behind a St. Vincent de Paul. Yeah. Not, not perhaps the place where I might say I might find a trendy you know, delicious coffee shop. Um, but I think that's the point. I think that when people are looking for something um, of real value, generally mm. it's in a place you least expect. Yeah. So we had the option of setting up a business on a main thoroughfare, getting all this passing traffic, and being just another shop in the street. Retail shop, yep. yeah. Or we could take the avenue of, let, let's do something different and try and create a destination. Let's become a place that people, when they leave their homes, are going, this is where we're going. And there's only one way to do that, and that's to be the best you can be at what you do. Yeah. And I think that's what's held us in good stead these past three years. We've always endeavoured to do our best mm. and deliver value for money to our customers and do it with a degree of integrity that represents us as a business. T tell me about the setup. Tell me... Well, how hard or how easy it was to set up a food and beverage business 
in a space that had previously been a, oh, what was, what was this, a tannery or something, wasn't it? No, no, it? a big dyeing shed for threads and cords of all things um, for a large haberdashery importer in Australia. And this was sort of a building it wasn't using that much. When I first saw, I actually saw this building very early on in our search for a property and I dismissed it mm. for the very reasons we talked about earlier, that it's in the back of a Vinnie de Paul's in a nowhere area. Who's ever going to think of coming here? And then one day the real estate agent brought us down here and I said, oh, no, we've seen it, don't bother. And he said, no, no, let's, we've here, I've got the key, let's go inside. The minute I walked into the building, I yeah. knew I could do something with it because then my whole outlook changed because we were looking for a space that would inspire creativity and um, a relaxed sense of what this business was meant to be. But because it was an industrial building and I was going to go for a food and beverage license, yeah. there were a lot of obstacles we had to overcome. There was there were all the issues with um, getting a hydrologist to design our water and waste disposal yeah, in this right, building. Right. Getting all the approvals from council for changing the zoning of the building so that we sure. could actually use it for our purpose. And of course, that's when you sort of came into the picture and gave us great advice into where we were going to head with that. I love what also what you've done with the building where you've retained certain elements. There's still a large tank in the corner um, the owner of the previous business was here for many years. Still, some of their signs still still sit. So it, it it really adds a sense of history to an area that 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 sometimes we you know otherwise don't connect to. Yeah, you know, I think we've all been to those coffee shops that are in large shopping centres, or they might be a standout in a particular street, and they all look really good, like lots of money spent on decor and fit out. But it's no guarantee of what you're going to get. One of the things when you come in here, there's a history you buy into. And there's the history and the fabric of the building I didn't want to change too much because it is what it is. Yep. Um, what we bring to it is our own flavour, our own part of that history. 20 years from now, who knows what this building will be. I hope and pray it's still a cafe roastery and, and a destination for all of southeast Queensland. But time will tell. You made a very distinct choice when you opened the business uh, not to sell I suppose 2,000 sausage rolls a day. Um, you, your, your food is premiumly priced, and it's yeah. and, and and I will add sells like hot cakes. Um, very, very, it's a very very popular destination yeah. in the local area. Why why that decision? What was going through your mind there? I don't know about you, James, but most times if I'm going out to eat something or to have a drink, I want to do what I can't do at home. Now, if I can make a better cup of coffee at home, I'm not gonna go out for one. If I can make a better plate of food at home, I really don't wanna go out for one. But if I can come to a place, and this is what we do, everything that comes out of our kitchen is made here. Uh, the coffee we source as green bean from very selective suppliers around the country that has a direct correlation to the farms they come from. Yeah. So that whatever we pay for our beans, we know the people who actually grow them get a fair percentage of that money that's made yeah. from it. Yeah? Yeah. So there's equity in everything we do. Then when we deliver our product to the customer, we deliver it at a price that's equitable for everybody. I still need to make money. And the reality is, if this business was set up five kilometers closer to the center of Brisbane, I could charge two or three dollars more a plate. Sure, and I wouldn't yeah. have to pay, I wouldn't have to actually pay more for my produce because people would expect to pay more. Mm. So I've had to actually target for a market that doesn't have this sort of facility. And to get people to accept, if you want to come here, it's a premium for the area, 
but not a premium for the quality of product we do. We actually have yeah. a very reasonable price for what we do. Uh, look, as you know, I often bring people from the area and further afield in, and I always get two experiences every time, every time that we come in here. One, that first glimpse on their face and they walk across the threshold and they walk from an industrial estate into this coffee creative space. Uh, and, and two, when we leave and they say, I just want to look over my shoulder because I just want to be able to find the place again. And I know mm -hmm. from speaking to the many people, even from further afield, if they're in this corner of the world, they'll find an excuse to come back down here. So yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a testament to that achieving of that ideal, well, I, I believe. Well, I think it's also that, you know, you can get a great plate, plate of food or a good cup of coffee in lots of places now, which is fabulous. But I think what we do, and my adage has always been putting hospitality back into hospitality. Whether it's you, James, who we know really well comes here, or if it's someone we've never met mm. before, you tried, we try to make you feel as welcome and as at home as we can do. So that the next time you come here, if I can remember your name, if I can remember your order, or if I just remember your face and say, hey, it's nice to see you again, people want that acknowledgement. Because honestly, we've got a front door people walk through it all day long if they don't my business doesn't exist so without that acknowledgement then my business isn't being true to why it's here we're at hospitality yeah mm. and I think that's our biggest message if you don't get that when you walk into whether it's um, Stokes Mall if you don't get that hospitality and feel that you're welcomed and that you are now valued as a potential client in my establishment how does that make you want to come back so my job is to give you that feeling that, yeah, I'll come back here. I like these people, regardless of the food and the coffee. It's a sense of uh, what would make you feel, mm. I think. You're probably aware of this or, or not aware of this, Alex, but I often like to bring staff, my staff here on their first day. They go through their induction and then we, go, we, we, we very often bring them down here. And uh, they not, not only enjoy, enjoy the food and, and the coffee, um, but also share with them a little bit of an insight into our experience in working with you and, and, and our, what I've observed of your journey. And, and things that stick out in my mind uh, are things like, uh, you know, coming here early on a Saturday morning and seeing you, obviously channeling that steel worker again, you know, built, physically building the shop fit, the magnificent shop fit that we see here today, um, you know, selling your Porsche, and other things like that, all the things that you let go of in in pursuit of this of this dream, yeah. um, and no doubt I only saw a fraction of that of that journey, that sacrifice that yourself and Heather went through to to establish the business. You know, it's funny, James. A lot of people come through our doors and they go, "Wow, you must be so successful. You must be doing so well." And we are. I won't deny that. But most of what we make goes straight back into our business. Heather and I, my my partner Heather and I, we we sold everything we own to do this and god bless heather for believing in me that we could bring it to fruition three years in we're still working really hard mm. heather's starting to think if she knew more she probably wouldn't be here right <laughs> now but in saying that we wouldn't have had the experiences we've had we wouldn't have met the people we've met and we wouldn't have grown as individuals the way we have um, as much as we've given and sacrificed or seemed to sacrifice all the things we've given have been material things in essence yeah. and we've sort of um, unloaded all of that and don't get me wrong James 
I love being materialistic. My, I loved my Porsche. I loved the house we used to have. And I'd certainly like to have that back at some stage. Yeah. But it's not what really makes us happy. Yeah, there's a sense of how do we fit into the overall picture? What do we have to give as individuals yeah. to make the world a slightly better place? Um, but, you know, we're still human. We still want all those pleasures that come from that as well. I find that really instructive. And I, you know, we, we tend to think of, I'm going to go into business or I'm going to start this business and then I'm going to make it. And the business is going to be the means to, to that. And, and I think we all hope that, that it is. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting that you've parlayed that, you know, you've had that, you've had that experience, that success as a couple, as individual, and then you've, you've made that conscious choice that, you know, this is the path we want to go, this will be our, our baby, our hobby, this is where, we, is where we'll find our fulfillment. And I think that's an inspirational, that's an inspiration to But it works business for both owners. of us, James. We've known each other for quite a few years now. Um, and I think our relationship is based on exactly the same thing. We don't just see you as our solicitor or our legal advisor, you're our friend. Right. And you genuinely um, believe in us as um, individuals running the business and you give us um, great respect as friends and that's returned. And I think that's what this is, is more about. Like yeah. as a business, we've used your business to actually make our business better. Right, and vice versa. You've brought people here to, to give your business a sense of family, a sense of relaxation, a yeah. sense of belonging. Very true. And it's a two-way street. If more of us in business, whether it's in Logan or other parts of the world, operated that way, there would be more integrity in everything we do. Instead of a business community, a community of business. Yeah, exactly. Money will come. We will make money if we work hard and we have the right facility yeah. and the right attitude. Um, but you can't by the relationships. I want to talk a little bit more about that, Alex. For someone who more or less entered the industry only a few years ago, I notice and always surprised by uh, the number of, of other baristas, business owners in a similar space who, who I find within your four walls. Yep. Um, often by invitation, you host a lot of competitions more social nights for, for, for baristas and, 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 and coffee lovers. Some might find that a bit counterintuitive. You know, we, we, we don't want our competitors seeing what we're doing, particularly if we're doing it well and, and it's working well for us. What's, what, 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 what's your thinking there? Take us through when what inspires that. When we enter into business, I don't believe there's any such thing as competition for a start. The only person I compete against is myself when I open those doors every day. Am I going to be able to provide the best I can do for my customers and have them want more? If someone sets up a business very similar to mine next door to me, great. Two things are going to happen. If he's better than me, it's going to drive me to be better. Mm -hmm. right? If he's really good, it's going to bring more people into the area. When his right. shop's full, where are they going to go? Mm. They're going to come to me. So I need to be better than him or on par with him. And then our businesses will feed each other. Then we can work to our strengths as individuals, as businesses, yeah? Just because you've got five restaurants sitting beside each other in the street doesn't mean one of those restaurants yeah. shouldn't be there because yeah. they're a competitor and you don't want that competition. No, we need to help him be the best he can be so we get more people coming to our street to be in one of our five restaurants. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I'm often encouraging other, other lawyers, I'm a, I'm a lawyer as, as you said, encouraging other lawyers to join the local chamber of commerce. 
Uh, and often the reflection I get is, well, isn't that your turf because you're already a member? And the way that I feel about it is similar to you. Like, let's create a tradition of really good professional service providers in our city, in our area. Yep. So people come here, uh, you know, grow, grow the pie, not and not fight over the, the pieces of pie that, that, that are, or, the, or the, the pie that's already there. Exactly, because the guys who are going to come looking for professional services, whether they're legal or um, hospitality mm. based, they're going to come in here and they're going to say, this is what I want, can you help me? And I'm going, look, I'd really love to, but we don't do that. But you know, I actually know someone who does and he's right next door. Mm. That makes me a better business because now these people are buying into my integrity. I'm not trying to sell them something they don't want. Mm. Yep. And I'm actually supporting another local business to be successful because what will really ring true with the public is not when there's one great lawyer sitting in Logan yeah. and everyone goes to them it's when there are lots of great lawyers in Logan lots of great cafes great. in Logan and people are going to come from Brisbane Gold Coast Sunshine Coast to find out why uh, why is everything why so is it good? a center for that yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. talking about uh, Let's, let's talk about how good that person next door would have to be. You, your time in the industry has not been one without achievement. Uh, take me through some of the recognitions and awards that you've received in the business and, and others within your business have received. Um, we've received several awards from Council uh, for Business Innovation, Best Small Business. Um, we've got Baristas design. here. Yeah, design awards um, for what we've done. We get a lot of um, a connection with council because we portray the attitudes of what Logan City should be and local council actually appreciates that and they give us lots of opportunities within community. Mm. We've done uh, several events for council, we've actually had several filming sessions similar to this here, there was one just yesterday with um, Ainsley Harriet, who's a famous TV mm. chef mm. Um, and we've been included in an SBS documentary that's going to be shown. Whether we make it through the cutting room or not, I don't know, but it was great to have that opportunity. And the fact that they come, yes, to your business and also come to, to our city, which might be one which is sometimes overlooked yeah, exactly. for that well, sort, in that sort of area. How many yeah. people, James, drive between the Gold Coast and Brisbane? And because there's no high rise to speak of within Logan, yeah. you can drive straight through the heart of Logan and not realise you've been in a city because yeah. there's really a lot of development between Brisbane and the Gold Coast. Sure. So how do we create that? What we have to do is to create businesses and hubs within Logan that get recognition outside of the city. Mm. We also need local media to start remembering that Logan's a city. There's nothing irritates me more than I watch the news and they go, um, Logan, a suburb of Brisbane, or, or refer to us in that context. Sure, it's annoying. sure. You know, we've got 330-odd thousand people in our city, mm. made up of over 230 different nationalities. We've got one of the most diverse uh, cities on the planet when it comes to culture. We certainly do. Yeah. Um, businesses like ours By and large, reflect that. almost without exception, peaceful, uh, yeah. good living. Yeah, I've learnt a lot about so many cultures by just chatting to people and giving us their story. People have come from horrific lives that live in this city and are making a new start for themselves and, and doing really well at it and they appreciate what they have. I think a lot of us can take it for granted when we live in a great country and we can moan and bitch about lots of things. <laughs> but if you've come from a, a war-ravaged country where you haven't had a roof over your head and you're surrounded by mm. dead people, basically, that have been murdered, yes. then you go, you know, 
let's suck it up a bit. We've got it pretty good here in Australia. Makes our worst day in business look pretty good, it doesn't does, it? Yeah. 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 Um, but let's say for some reason or other, and it does happen, businesses do have to close down for one reason. What I've put into the community has made everything I've done worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. And it's not about me getting recognition or my name becoming synonymous with the city. It's about me as an individual living in Logan, being able to put something back in. Whether I get something back out of it or not is in the lap of the gods. But like yourself, you've invested heavily in your business and expanding that and trying to cater to the need of the community, not just the needs of a lawyer. Mm. And I think that's the big thing that makes us very different as businesses. There's something that's unique about our Logan City too. This is actually a hub. Yeah. This, is a, this is a petri dish for not-for-profit enterprises and community-minded business. Yeah, very much so. For the size of the city, you look at the population of Brisbane, over a million people, and 1.2, 1.3, I'm mm. not sure what it is, could be more. And we're 300 and something thousand. Um, when you look at how much money is being put into developing not-for-profits in this city, it's remarkable. And you might say that's because there's a lot more uh, lower socio-economic uh, groups within mm. the city. And that may be part of the drive as well. But why, why is there an incentive because of that? It's because people here care and they want to see this city grow. Great. And it's also propagating original ideas in that space. It's not just yep. coming here because of the need, which well, is Well, it's being open to those ideas. Yeah. A lot of people, no, we don't need to know that. We, we've got the answers. We're still looking for them. And, and I have to say, one of the things I've always loved about our city is you can live here your whole life. You could live here uh, as, a, as a young person starting out, perhaps disadvantaged. You could live here as a millionaire. Um, there's, there's housing and, and options. You know, they coexist in the city, yeah. which is, Look, which is a wonderful you, thing. Look, I James, you could go up to um, Woodridge Plaza and there'll be people who come from some of the poorest homes in Logan there and there'll be people who come from some of the richest homes. Mm. You won't know the difference. Now, is that a good thing, a bad thing? I don't know, that's up to the individual to determine. Or you could go to the Hyperdome or you could go to some of the upmarket shops mm. in Logan or some of the nicer restaurants in Logan. Honestly, it's a microcosm of lots of different people. You it get is. along very well together generally. So just take me through some, tell me about some of the awards that you've won. Um, just recently we won uh, seven awards for our coffee here that I roasted, which was great, at the uh, Golden Bean, which is the world's largest coffee roasting competition. Wow. Um, I think there were over 1,300 entries this year. Um, That's a phenomenal achievement. Oh, look, it's it, down to a team though. There's a whole lot of stuff. I might roast the coffee, but unless we're all in the same place mm. as a team, when I roast it, how we adjust, how it tastes, there's sure, a lot of work sure. that goes into it. We've got um, three baristas here who've all won titles for latte art, brewing, um, being baristas uh, on a state and uh, national level. Um, so we're fairly fortunate in that aspect. And we want to imply people from within the community as well. I think, and don't quote me because I'm not sure on actual locales, but majority of our staff, and this would be 80 to 90% of our staff, all work within, all live within Logan. Mm. And I think from a logistics point of view, that makes perfect makes sense. Makes sense, doesn't we it? We know how congested the highway is. It's tough enough getting here in the morning if you live in the suburb because mm. of how bad the highway is. If businesses start to think, let's employ local rather than having people travel, unfortunately people you know, they want specific jobs and they're happy to travel, but it mm. doesn't make life any easier for us all. It's an interesting thing. I've never had problems recruiting in my business either because there's always 100 people driving past us each morning to go 
you know, to the larger CBD up the road who would rather not commute anymore. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting advantage, well, isn't it? Well, it's interesting you say that, James, because getting good baristas here is tough. Right. Because they all want to work in the CBD because that's where they feel the opportunities are. Right. Um, the, and I've, my last barista who was roasting for me as well, um, he left us nearly 12 months ago now. He's working for Debella Coffee now as their um, creative development manager and bean buyer. So he's come from a little shop in yeah. Logan. He's a very clever boy. He's had lots of years behind him, but it was the opportunities he got here that really helped him move to that next stage and of life. It's another indicia of a very healthy business and healthy business culture, yeah. isn't it? And we're looking to develop our team more. And as you know, it doesn't stop. You know, you, you think you've got a great team, but what can we do to become better at what we do? How do you, as an employer or myself, mm. create those opportunities for our teams? And that's what we have to do. If everything comes down to how many dollars are in my bank account, I've really lost the point of why I started this in the mm. first place. Certainly, we all want a lifestyle out of it, and that will come. But growth of our business and stability of our team is probably the main objective for me at the moment. Mm. I love the uh, branding that you do. There's a consistent theme through the store. Uh, there's it, your t-shirts regularly change, but they reflect common themes. Mm -hmm. tell, tell me a bit about that. Well, you know my partner Heather, mm. uh, Heather Scott. She's 50% of what we do here. Um, comes down to the fact that she's a graphic designer. Uh, is her background, and she's worked at that for 20 years or so. Um, and she's been very focused on how do we build a brand that's actually stable and continually grows, oh, yeah. but doesn't necessarily change. We freshen it up, we keep it interesting. Um, but from a business perspective, it means every time someone sees our brand, they recognize it, but we can change it. It's going to grow and change as the business changes. Um, I know she's done some work for you that you've been very she happy has, with. She has, yes. Um, and which is a credit to her. That People regularly ask me who did the work. Yeah. and they. I think sometimes they're suspecting somebody on the Gold Coast or Brisbane might have done it, but uh, I'm always very happy to, to point them in the right direction. You know what, James, is because she understands your business, and that's the it's thing. True. I think if someone's going to do any work for you, whether it's design work on brochures or on cards or whatever it is, they have to understand what your business is and who you are. Mm. The second thing is you have to trust them that they're giving you the right advice and that, that you're going to get what you actually want at the end of the day. Unfortunately, and you may experience this as well, sometimes when we make coffee, there's someone who'll be at our front counter who's smarter than us and has made way more coffees than we have oh. and knows exactly <laughs> what we should be giving them. And that's fine. If they want to be the expert, that's great. But you know, as a... It, it, it removes some of the scope, doesn't it, for you yeah. to, to, to give them something a little bit different or a exactly. little bit special. If you know everything yeah. before you get to my counter, then there's nothing I can give you. And I'm sure you've had them come through your door where they understand and know well, exactly what they want and they're telling you how you should do it. it. And it limits what we can do to exactly. help them out. Um, wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Alex. Is there anything else you wanted to share with us before we go? No, it's all good. No, really thank you very much, James. Alex. Thanks, mate. Well, there's certainly plenty to take away from Alex's story in our interview today. I do apologise that we got carried away rhapsodising about the city of Logan towards the middle there. Um, and its many benefits for living and conducting business. Five tips to take away from Alex's story. One, be the best you can be and do it with integrity. Enter and compete in awards. You never know, you too might win seven national awards. 
or more. Two, will you sell the Porsche? Realizing your dream may cost you the sum of your comfort built in your life to date. Alex believes that many of the other things that make us happy will also come in addition to any financial success. Three, create a destination and create your market. Having no competitors is a plus. Teaching and informing your market will be part of the journey. There is always a market for premium price products that will be valued by customers. Consider tapping suburban opportunity and reap the rewards. Four, know your regs. Laws and regulations often represent a major hidden cost and obstacle to business establishment. Try and remove this variable as much as you can as early as possible. Five, your competitors and industry colleagues are also your community. Consider opportunities to share and grow together. The only person you compete against is yourself. Thank you for joining us in this, the second episode of our Business by Logan podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed yourself, learned a few important things along the way, and will consider subscribing and joining us in our journey as we bring you the stories of entrepreneurs from the coalface of Logan, Queensland's most dynamic and diverse city. See you next time.